Hello, and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast where the discussion is always on medium rare steak. It's always on nose guacamole. It's always on garlic salt. It's always on statuatory rape and our not condoning of it. Yeah, you know what? We, we, right off the bat, we, we here at Sex and it. Violence do not condone rape. No, not I'm, at all. I'm, I know I'm not taking a really cool. hard stance right now. In this country right now, buddy boy? A little bit. Yeah. Grab him by the pussy, baby. Yeah, exactly. Hey, apparently we can elect a man who's all about it. Not That's a political fine. podcast. Not a political podcast. But my name is Ryan Snyder. I'm Hi, here, Ryan. as always, with my co-host. Hello, I'm Gabriel Mara. I'm a local comedian and a podcast producer and a writer. Ryan, what do you do of I, note? I, I bartend and I'm a food truck owner. Oh, I'm yeah, a, you I'm are. A, a kind of chef, sort of. Chef. And I'm a, a, just a big fucking nerd. Oh, Ryan. And you're a lovable fucking nerd. Oh, thanks, baby. You're uh, tall. Today. Today. Tonight. Tonight. More accurately. Tonight. We have a special guest. We do. Friend of the show. Former guest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our dear friend, Mr. Steve Bost. Welcome to the show. Hi, Again, Steve Bost. Well, welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. Small clock. I was told I was here to condone rape, and now I feel oh. sorry. <laughs> I know, we, like you Baited have, a, you and have switched. A, like you, oh, we said it to you, and you're like, "That's gonna be tough," but for debate's sake, and I, I gotta know, take the pro rape side, huh? Yeah. Apparently, oh, yeah. that happened in my high school AP history <sighs> class, where just to prove a point, the teacher took the point of pro rape and like, like destroyed the anti-rape guy. Oh dear. And yeah, it was all about the message of information and persuasion. The teacher was very anti-rape, as everyone should be. I've said it before, the Socratic method does not work. Mm. The, the whole debate? Yeah, no, I've... Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, I, I've never bought it. Anyway, guys, thanks. Thanks. Be great to be Steve back. Steve Boss, it is a pleasure to have you. Last time we had you, we were talking about Lethal Weapon. That is right. Mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon 2. One and two. Uh, with, with the worst possible detectives in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Since then, they've made three more diehards. Mm. And at least two Predators. Sexual I'm Predators. Yeah. Exactly. We're back. Oh. Sorry. Let's, let's, I just swing that pendulum <laughs> back this way. Let's leave it behind. Steve Boss, for those who might not know you, please introduce yourself. Apparently, nowadays, Ryan, our show is like in the top 25 of all film podcasts right now. Cool. That's weird. I'm happy with it. I, I'm very happy about well, it. Well, people do listen to this little show. Little confused, yeah. yeah. I was trying to con- I was trying to persuade Daniel to not make the push until after we had an exciting guest episode, like of Steve Bost, but instead, uh, we are people will now listen to our slightly tipsy talk about Thirty Percent Iron Chef. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of an interesting one to get. Yeah. I feel like I should have edited that more. But Steve Bost, mm. please, who yeah. are you? Who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, I began as an actor, moved gradually into stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. still tell people I do that. Yeah. Uh, trivia, trivia magnate of the Lehigh Valley, I suppose. That's true, that's you. A lot of research, a lot of chances to improvise and mm-hmm. piss people off on the mic. By the way, that sound outside is, um, we're shooting this in the middle of a film noir set. Yes. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I'm looking down into uh, pools of... of any valiant's blood. Tears of rain. <laughs> I was going to say light, but oh, yeah. Okay. That's fine, yeah. Pools of blood, pools of light. Blinds, shadows of blinds. Yeah. Yes. But Steve, I will say you are actually one of the funniest people I have met. Like, I have not met many people who can 
I'm notedly humorless. You the really amount of times you have made me chuckle is pretty impressive. I appreciate it. And you always remember them and you remind me and mm -hmm. it makes me feel good. Yes. Steve Boss, you have that quality that I really appreciate that Jerry Lewis wrote about, about Dean Martin. You have a incredibly rapid fire straight man quip for almost everything. It's pretty great. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you. That really is kind. It's, it's really fun. your ability to pull Simpsons quotes yeah. that uh, yeah. endears you. To Pretty me. much. Pull yeah. my finger. <laughs> All right, gang. So we're, right, we're currently in the middle of our summer movie marathon, even though summer is now officially over in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Brought to you Cheers. by Not Yangling. By a Batman bottle opener. What's the what, what's the what's the beer choice right now, Steve? Boss? This is a Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. Oh, lovely! It's that time of year. Mainstream, but it I, really I don't is. care. I'm, I I brought my jacket today, Ryan. My first leather jacket day happened the other day. It was pretty great. Mine was today. I actually made the comment to Michelle Monaghan. I was like, "It's finally cool leather jacket." Leather mm. jacket season. And on your point, as I had mentioned earlier uh, to you guys, I did become a basic bitch and drank pumpkin beer yesterday, and I was on the same page as you, mainstream, blue moon. Pumpkin ale. Delicious. For all you basic bitches out there, we love you. We appreciate you. And if you happen to love things such as the films of Sam Raimi and the music of Sid Vicious and pumpkin spice lattes, you're welcome here. Yeah. You said something, um, I think, a year ago when people were bitching about like football because you're mm -hmm. not a noted sports fan. I and love were, football. I just don't like football fans. Well, you put something online that was like, let people enjoy things. And mm -hmm. I think that's the spirit. I think that's yeah. truly punk rock. It's like your things for your own reasons. Just don't be an asshole about it. Sure. I, so the, tonight I saw someone on, on, online say, don't, don't the Big Bang Theory people understand that we love it? Why doesn't Chuck Lorre understand this? Why let those people rest in peace when there are fans still demanding more? <laughs> we must respect the artist, and also I, I, I have trouble accepting that one. Anyway, we're in the middle of the 86, so it's our summer movie marathon, oh, where yeah. we are discussing restaurant films, food movies, because probably that punk you met down the street, he probably has a kitchen job because there's nowhere else that'll hire him. So yep. restaurants equals punk. What was the movie we watched this week, gang? We did a movie. We did a movie. The I movie forgot our phraseology. In question, we did was 2004. 2004. 2004. If I read the Roman numerals right. Well, it might have sat for a while before it was released. 2000 somethings waiting. Trailer. Hey, there, Natasha. How's my favorite minor doing today? I'm only a minor for another week. Good. Answer. <gasps> There's a time in life hey man, what's going on? when you almost have it all figured out. Did I just wake up and realize I'm a loser? Yeah, man. I want to be a teacher, you know, or an electrical engineer, you know, anything. Hey, could you put down the ice pick? But until then, all you can do <gasps> is wait. Everybody get funky. Is everything prepared okay? How about some dessert? How would you like your steak prepared? The five second rule, the five second One, rule! Two, three! <laughs> Room. Most of the guys that work here like to play this little game. Yeah. You know the object, right? I mean, if you have the other guy look at you. Surprise! Ah. No girl would ever play that game. Why not? This fall. All right, men. Zero hour is upon us. Let us seize the day. Yeah. Oh. Well, 
broken the Thunderdome. Serve it up. You enjoyed having sex with me. Once we got past foreplay, you turned into the little engine that couldn't... Oh, what the... Dish it out. You don't get out front and start doing some work, I'm gonna fire you faster than you can say Yo MTV raps. But never... This steak is medium rare. How hard is your job? Send it back. I'm gonna get this fixed for you right away. Let's go time. The first thing we do is we add a little extra gravy to the mashed potato. Oh, God. Followed by a little garlic salt. That's what I was talking about. Oh, oh me. Lionsgate Films presents a comedy about an eight-hour day. We are not having sex in the bathroom. Come on. Okay. <laughs> and a lifetime of memories. We need birthday singer! Yeah! Happy birthday to you! Yay! <laughs> Waiting. I hope you enjoyed everything. I know I did. Oh, five, see you, boss. Oh. It says, okay. Yeah, no, well, it was a great trailer. It was a great trailer, though. Sometimes things sit for a while after they're made. Well, to be perfectly honest, I, Ryan, so you asked us, Steve and I, this earlier, because you came in a little late, and we were already watching the movie, mm. and you were shocked to discover that we had never seen it before. It was my first time as well as Steve Boss' time. Yeah. And I think maybe part of the reason why I never watched this movie was because of the trailer. Oh. Okay. I, I was honestly surprised neither of you have seen this working in restaurants. I, yeah. I remember the first time I saw this was, I was a sophomore in high school and my math teacher was like a, a younger teacher. Mm -hmm. So during the summer she worked as a bartender at like one of these like chain restaurants. Oh. And she mentioned it like during class, like, you know, people have said like, this is the closest you get to a movie about like what it's actually like to work in a restaurant. And that kind of stuck with me and I was like, oh, okay, I I've never worked in a restaurant so I kind of right. want to see what it's like. And then immediately following that, I started my career in the restaurant industry. Yeah, and you haven't looked back, Ryan. No, I've looked back, but... <laughs> I, I have I've waited tables for uh, over a decade, mm. off and on. Yeah, most, how do you, most, do you feel on. this is, like, accurately represents the profession, I, or do you think it dumbs it down? It definitely dumbs it down to a few points, but I can understand why the people I worked with for years said, you, you know, you got to see it. How can you be a waiter and not see it? It's so true to life. It is true to life, and I think that's the reason why I avoided it was because I... You live the life, you don't you know, need to watch it. Yeah, but also it was like Napoleon Dynamite, where I heard it talked about so much, I felt like I'd seen it without actually seeing yeah, it. Yeah, Steve Boss, okay. I think you are a cool contrarian, so it kind of adds up. Thank you. Um, for me, really, like, starting from my film snobbery in high school, I became instantly wary of anything that even smelled like, like Clerks ripoff. And I was just about to mention that, like yeah. I, I, there were like a couple movies that in high school I watched a lot, and this and Clerks too, mm -hmm. yeah. like on that. And and it's list. why and I, I waited this long to watch Empire Records. I'm like Clerks rip off. Did you like Empire Records? I did. Okay. I ultimately did. It it was it was like a popcorn Gen X, yeah, like rip off. It was a commercial version of Clerks. We were talking mm -hmm. during the movie. Steve Boss brought it up that. Like, Clerks has this, like, genuine kind of utter bleakness to it that feels very real. There's a darkness to it. Whereas this, something like Waiting, which I think is a perfectly charming film, spoiler for me, I enjoyed it. I really genuinely enjoyed this movie. But it didn't take away any from the Clerks ripoff quality for it. That Clerks 2 
did it the same year, didn't it? 2006 or 2005? No, 2006. 2006, I think it was Clerks 2? 06, 07, somewhere, yeah, like, and somewhere around there. And like, it, I mentioned this for, at the very beginning, this movie smells like I read screenwriting books and I did a very good job of putting my personal experience into making it a personal version of cookie cutter scripts. And it worked for me. It really did. Steve Boss. Uh, well, first of all, I don't think I think Clerks Two is so far from the tree of Clerks hmm. that it, it. I don't even know that. I mean, that they can even have t- connective tissue whatsoever. The mode has changed. They're like dance numbers. There's no dance numbers in Clerks. Hmm. That's but it's about aging. You were saying Clerks is bleak. I agree. What I what I was suggesting was that, that the stakes in Clerks are so so high. It just mm-hmm. presented as so high, even though in the universal scheme they're not. It's like, will he get back with this girl or not? But while you're immersed in that movie, you feel like there is nothing else. Mm-hmm. And if these two people don't end up together, that universe is going to collapse into a black hole. It's that feeling of being 22. Yeah. Or I was yeah. going to say, yeah. it's that feeling that, that Clerks feels like a tragedy. Mm. And um, Waiting and Empire Records feel like comedies. Yeah, it's more of a farce. Exactly. They're, they're, they're charming, farcical things, whereas Clerks is about the tragedy of being Dante. And yeah. his famous fucking Dante. Right. And these, like, yeah, and in these you're, movies, you're we gloss to, over the relationship yeah. aspect. If at, at no point during Clark's are you like, boy, I wish I was Jay. Or maybe a part of you is like, maybe I'm Randall. But at no point are you really truly supposed to look up to these characters. They're, they're slacker heroes, which means you're not supposed oh, to. shit, that's where I fucked up. Oh, there you go. And I think something like this, where it. While it valiantly and does a good job of make of pointing out the flaws of Ryan Reynolds' character, who is kind of a kind of a pretty shitty dude, very honestly. Um, actually, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Mm. Who wants to describe the plot of Waiting for anyone who has not seen Waiting? Yeah, boss, would you like to take down the Amazon Prime review of this movie and fill it with your own? Oh, where uh, Ryan Reynolds, Justin Long, and Anna. Ferris, F-E-R-R-I-S. Like Tim Ferris. That's a shame. Play young waiters and waitresses pondering life, love, and what was the other thing? The I don't know. The true meaning of friendship. The pursuit of 20%. Yeah, the true meaning of friendship. That's what it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly the same. The true meaning the of same, 20%. <laughs> it's the same expression of, of like Empire Records where I'm like, mm, you're tapping into a zeitgeist. You don't actually believe in it. A also, machine like, made you this. did not watch this movie. No. Yeah. Right. It's fine. It's it's a it's a day in the life of literally restaurant employees. Yeah. Trading a new guy. Yeah. That's essentially what the movie is. Mm, yeah, that's totally solid. New guy is the audience sur- surrogate. John Francis Daly, also known as um, Sam from Freaks and Geeks, and co-writer and co-director of Game Night. Oh yeah. Okay, so he's he also doing... helped do vacation, which I thought uh, had some charming moments. Ultimately, not a good movie, but apparently, Game Night is really good. Like film spotting, my favorite film podcast, besides our own Ryan. Yeah, has been saying it's a very good movie. Actually, apparently, it's a comedy Fincher. Yeah, whatever. There uh, a couple weeks ago, they had mentioned it. Yeah, like, best of the year so far. Yeah, that's it. If you're listening to this in the future, we're coming to you from 2018. The distant future. Steve Boss, we interrupted you. Oh, you wanted me to synopsize the movie? Yeah, what is this movie? Explain this movie to me as if I was a child. Okay. Um, It's it's a a reason for 
a screenwriter to stitch together a bunch of um, interesting and universal anecdotes about from people in the service industry, of which that sector is getting larger and larger all the time in the U.S. Yeah. Right, so more and more people can identify. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, you got your heart couple, which is sort of the the young ingenues, Justin Long and. Uh, other blonde. Uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Doubleday. Double thank you. Also known as Dante and Veronica. Bingo. Mm. You got your wiseacre, Ryan Reynolds, as already described. As Monty slash Randall. And then a bunch of um, colorful periphery characters who... Slash customers. Collide yeah. in and out. Cooks. Yeah. Wacky, idiosyncratic cooks. Mm-hmm. And uh, a manager straight out of the Mike Judge school. Yeah. Of, yeah, that's uh, actually of, very true. Of sort of mm-hmm. blandness, wouldn't want to be him, but... You get an actor in there who can really chew on it. Yeah. And then the question, the central question, will Justin Long, will he break out of his rut? Will he step off the precipice? Will mm. he rise to his rising action? Will he shit or get off the pot? Exactamundo. And that is it about it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a perfectly charming thing. But I think at the, as a result of the 86 list, let's get into the meat of the matter. Steve Boss, you said you've been serving for 10 years. How Let's say f- that, yeah. yeah. How do you feel, like, so one, how did you get into the life, and two, how does waiting, like, like weigh up to your experience? How does mm. waiting weigh up to waiting? Yes. Have you been waiting for waiting? <laughs> well, that's quite a way to, to lift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut Solid. it out. Sorry. I got into to waitering, uh, I left the best job that I ever had, which was a projectionist, at a movie theater. Oh, you mm-hmm. lucky son of a bitch. Dude, I've always, always been a dream wanted job. that job. Really Never was maybe the best five years of my life. I still have dreams that take place in that in that projection booth. Dude, I all love the time. that sound it was, of the reels. Just like I guess some of my fondest memories of film school is being in that booth. Mm-hmm. I love hooking up the reels. It's beautiful. Yeah. Always whistling. Oh, it was, yeah, it was really a great job. But I was a uh, you know in school for theater and needed a flexible more flexible hours mm-hmm. kind of thing i was always rehearsing at odd hours yeah. so it was like well you know you become a waiter you can always just get someone to cover for you when yeah. you need this or that so i did i made the transition and i moved to applebee's so i worked in that exact corporate uh that rings true the crazy crap on the walls yeah so i've, I've yeah. never worked in a chain restaurant mm-hmm. like i've worked in plenty of shitty restaurants i have never worked for a bennigan's slash that kind of thing you know, the, the only thing waiting was missing was those uh, fresh-squeezed lemonades of every flavor that people seem to love. Mm-hmm. Americans Fresh love. Strawberry kiwi, I want a kiwi strawberry lemonade. Just just drop that syrup in that sucker. So there was none of that. But otherwise, it did ring true. Except for the exaggerated, the cooks, you know, rubbing meat on their butts and stuff. That's I think that was overplayed, pure, but yeah. honestly, I felt that while there are a lot of hilarious broad strokes in the movie, there's a lot that rings true. There's, mm. there, I, I think that it's why I can't bring myself to be negative about this movie. I think that if you, if, if I met someone who's like, waiting sucks, and in my my, my need to be agreeable, I'm like, well, there's a lot, there's a problem with that movie, but I think Ultimately, it, it captures so much real. Yeah, the relationships between that, the, the deep bonds that are formed with co-workers. Exactly. Where you kind of in, like create your own language mm-hmm. with one another. Or like, like the, the everyday horrible arguments you get into that are immediately gone. By like, the end of the shift. Yeah, no, and at I, the end of the shift, it's all everyone yeah. drinking and hanging yeah. out let's together. Not, let's not ignore the dark side, though. The dark, the flip side of that coin, which mm-hmm. is the banging. 
Yeah. The the, the constant, the proximity that leads to. To be fair, I've always See, I've been poisonous, I've, toxic. I've been with my yeah. wife for almost ten years, so yeah. the entire time well, that, that I've makes been two of us. Yeah. in, hey, hey, noise, go. Yeah. Uh, the entire time I've been like heavy in restaurant industry, like I've personally never been involved in that. I've been good on you. I've been in the proximity of it to see it. Yeah. But never been privy to it myself, and I can see how quickly that can yeah. become toxic. Yeah, no, I have an extremely strict "don't shit where you eat" policy. Where even like smart. Yeah, no, like 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 I I had been joking about this with my if the professor, and she's like, "Haven't you been tempted?" And I'm like, "No, no, I haven't." And at the very least, I was the manager of a coffee shop chain, like chain, and I would definitely hook up with someone from another shop. But if I have to see him every day, no deal, dude. But if anything, I'm much more like like the Calvin character in his thing, where I would just be like, well, maybe I would like you, but get played for a fool. But you know, they think genuinely. It's like the the hookup culture in in restaurants has always it's real. It's real. It's one hundred and ten fucking well, percent real. Where are you gonna find someone? else with like the same, the same schedule up schedule the same you have kind of like reckless abandon you have but even that i've been like i've no. i've always, i've said it numerous times for anyone who works in a restaurant you should be searching for someone in healthcare services exactly <laughs> because they are just as nuts as you and they have the same mm. fucked up schedule yeah. or find another adult professional provides you a contrast like that's the, like, do not date in the industry it's a bad fucking idea yeah bartenders should not date bartenders or servers or yeah. chefs and you should again date in the healthcare yeah. and mental health care like, industry I know, I know plenty of it's bartender nurse combos great combo it's like someone shit on me today it's like yes yeah, someone threw a bottle at me today and one, then you come one of the chefs i run the food truck with his girlfriend is a nurse makes sense my wife is a psychologist yeah the same fucked up kind of nonsense but normal hours. Exactly. Cost. Mm. How many servers have you hooked up with? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just say Hot I should have watched this movie <clears throat> when it came out. Yeah. Uh, uh, and if I could every time. tack on one more to thought to the mm-hmm. end of this. The end? What? Well, I mean, the end of the thought about I see. the darkness mm-hmm. and the verisimilitude is one thing that is noticeably missing is the... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a great. You know, we watched the unrated version, and I thought we should mention that. Be... And all we saw was a pair of balls. Yeah, right. Because but there's still a, there's still a taboo. I'm very glad there was not a in, boob. in Hollywood that that hard drug use is instantly going to make your characters less sympathetic. That is so, very true. That's why the Butabi brothers in uh, Night of the Roxbury no longer do the. Yeah, you know, the rub sniffling. their nose because it's sense. a PG-13 comedy. Yeah, the implication of the but, joke. Yeah, the, there is no drug use in this movie. No one like that's a kind of interesting thing that you, like you look at something. I keep on bringing it back to this comparison because I think it's a very apt one. That this reminds me a lot of Empire Records of a day in the life, the minutia of working in a certain industry, the crazy sexual politics of it, the people who have dreams, the ones who don't have dreams, and even when they go into extensive drug use, it it dives really awkwardly into after school special. Where all of a sudden Liv Tyler is like, I'm on speed! And Joey Lauren Adams is like, No, you're not! Or no, she says, Yeah, you are! See, that's the thing I wanted to bring up with what Steve said about like having your characters be unlikable. Like, I've known a lot of people in restaurants who have done 
a lot of coke. Yeah. But Ryan, I have never seen you do coke. Yeah, because I don't do fucking coke. Yeah. I don't I do also, drugs. I, I have drink. Not, I have not done cocaine in an extremely <clears throat> long amount of time. If I'm going to do anything, it's going to be a gentleman upper. My point is that like the people I've known that have done coke, I don't look down on them for it. Sure. Like I had this discussion. I do a little. <clears throat> If somebody wants to do fucking coke, do fucking coke. Just don't bring it in my house and don't put it in my car and don't. I don't want to be. Don't make it be around me when I don't want to be around it. Yeah. If we're at work and you're fucking snorting a fat rail off a fucking cutting board, more yeah, power to you. I actually am like, God don't bring it in my house. Like, hide it from me. God, that. But God I, I made this comment the other day. I was at a. Uh, I was at a family picnic, and someone was doing rails at your picnic. No. Oh, okay. No. My my wife was talking about my my work week during the months of like July and August was like, yeah, he was working. Like he'd go to work for 10 hours, then come home for three sleep and then go back to work for another eight hours. Yeah. Machine Ryan. And she was like, you know, a lot of people in Ryan's industry do Coke. And one dude was like, so do you do Coke? I was like, no, I don't do Coke cause I'm not a fucking child. You know what I do <laughs> is I drink a fucking cup of coffee and fucking deal with it like a man. That's why there's Red Bull. And then we got into a fucking discussion. They were like, what kind of coffee do you like? And I was like, I don't fucking care. Shitty hotel coffee, 7-Eleven coffee, Starbucks yeah. coffee. Just Whatever give me keeps some, me up. Just give me some fucking coffee. I don't need to like spend fucking $20. I don't even know how much Coke costs, mm-hmm. but like yeah, I'd rather spend. I think it's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about 40 for a baggie. I'd rather spend two bucks on a fucking like, like cup of coffee from the gas station. You can do that. You can drink four shots of espresso and feel the exact same way, and it's fine. Yeah. Ryan, let's just this to you. Um, you've seen this. You're the only one of us who's seen this movie before. Yeah. How did we, you get about seeing it for the very first time? And when the math teacher told me to see it. Well, yeah. So you saw it on the recommendation of the teacher. Yeah. Well, she was just kind of speaking like in generalization mm-hmm. in class, and like I was just kind of like. I was already at that point where I was getting into that fascination of restaurant culture, and this was one of those it's things that kind of tipped it over. Mm-hmm. And then I started working at the the first place, which yeah. was the hot dog shop. Right. Um, has it changed for you since then? Like watching this again, stumbling in. The personality. You're you're, you're, a, you're a business owner at this point. Yeah. How would you feel? Are Are you now the Dan? No, not at all. The Dan. Like. <laughs> As far as my business goes, like if I'm in my food truck, like I'm not like I'm not a degenerate, but like mm. the big selling point of us like working on the food truck is we we're our own bosses, so like mm-hmm. we can crack a beer on the truck if we've been like four hours into the shift and like yeah, let's have a fucking beer. Like we we've got American to dream, baby. Yeah, yeah man, drinking, you're making it happen. Drinking pibbers, making pierogies. Probies. Probies, sure. Yeah. Uh, Their macaroni and cheese was unreal yeah it's fucking bomb it was unreal i had a short rib one. Oh, you had a short rib rogi. Ah. you yeah. can't see this while you're listening i just made the kiss my fingers and then pull them away mm. motion ladies and gentlemen follow the brogies food truck at brogies food truck on yep. instagram yep b-r-o-g-i-e-s food truck if you have any kind of love for polish american Pennsylvania dutch food check it out yeah Boy. absolutely steve yeah how did you feel about the personalities represented in the movie? Well, I said to you guys very early on, am I going to like, am I going to dislike these two guys? I always knew, I felt like that somehow in the core of me, that I felt my, my, my personality preferences are a little more forgiving than yours, but I think they're ultimately the same. I feel like if I, if I was being trained by Ryan Reynolds in this movie, I'd be like, this dude's probably a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A little too self-important. And, yeah. and, and the, got down. 
the Ryan Reynolds character is not written to to be likable. It's not they didn't give him an arc like, well, by the end he'll melt your heart. It's okay. Yeah, by the end he's gonna fuck a thirty year old. Right. Yeah. Slash a seventeen. His his arc, by the way, is very, very small. He does not Can have he an arc. resist banging a girl who's a couple of days shy of majority? Oh yes he can. Wow. Um, but this Justin Long character who is, you know, the heart. You're Dante? Yeah. He he he, they also they, he begins the movie with Ryan Reynolds with a lot of generic like, well, we got so wasted at that party last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's not set up to have the qualities of being sympathetic or special. He doesn't start the movie special. He so, doesn't write down his orders, which honestly drives me yeah, fucking nuts. Right. He's a real prodigy. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Friend of the show, Steve McConnell, never writes down his orders. Drives me nuts. If you're to listening, be fair, Steve, I... if you're listening right now, fuck you. I, no, I can take I a never... bar order. A bar order is different. I guess, yeah. A table I, I order, waiting, but like... no fucking chance, Lance. If there is a table of four people and they have three courses, I'm not memorizing that I shit. I can do that. I'm writing it down. I can do that. I don't trust myself. Dude, I forget where I park. I just don't do it. See, like, I'm so absent-minded in my, like, normal day-to-day life that I'll forget to do shit. But, like, I, I always say this, like, my car is a fucking mess. Like, you leave me alone, like, without my wife at my, you know, home. For two days, the house is a mess. But goddamn, if I don't have a fucking clean station and I can remember like oh, no. four to six people's three station course orders. Essential. Continue so, your thoughts. Sorry, well, sorry. Right. The question essentially was was about characters, right? Characters, characters. and personalities. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, there, who these are, are you in this movie, Steve? These are not that's terrible. An, that's an interesting one. Oh, who am I? Yeah. Who yes. would you identify most with? Gosh. Andy Milanakis. On affairs. Uh, I was about to say that the Justin Long character is very clearly the surrogate for the the writer, yeah, who wrote and directed it, I mm-hmm. believe, right? And mm-hmm. um, this was a Project Greenlight movie, to be perfectly um, open about a it. Lot of there sense. are Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, were like, this is a movie that is pr- no, like you can if you seriously like if you're into this like I am, get um, Blake Snyder's Save the Cat book, minute by minute, page by page. This is. It's so cookie cutter. It's kind you know, you know when like you're you're so in deep into an art form you're kind of like posers. There's a little bit of poser in this, but there's enough authenticity to it. You give it a buy. Okay. It's right. like a like a post punk like pop band that also manages to be okay enough. Like this is early. They write their own music, but they sold out. Exactly. Like it's like, oh, if you want to make, a, if you want to fight me and say that Fallout Boy or Panic and Disco is still punk, I'd be like, yeah, I but. guess. But, but authenticity is real. Mm. You just bought it out of a craft mac and cheese box. Steve Boss, nice. continue. Who are you? <laughs> well, excuse me. I think uh, I will say the same thing that like eighty percent of guys would say watching this movie who are in the profession, well, I'm I'm Dean, obviously. I'm the sane man with aspirations amidst mm-hmm. a swirling chaos of other you strange You think 80% characters. of men would choose to say they're Dean as opposed to Monty? I would say 80% of men they, think they're Monty. They wanna, well, they want to think that if the reputation for, for banging underage girls is like, yeah. is the I, I don't key think, to... I, I think can... most people are looking at like the, the smart-ass quippy yeah. nature yeah. and glossing over can the Can we seriously go into this for like a minute or two? We'll get back to it. This movie has aged poorly when it comes to modern, and I hate to even say it because somehow it's become a bad word, like PC thought that like, 
I'm glad that John Francis Daly says at the end, why are you not in jail? But that's just hanging a lampshade on it. This movie's kinda, kinda <laughs> uncool about all the, I mean, it's real. I, we all know dudes in restaurants who are clearly 26 and dating a 17 year old. It's weird. I think it's weird anyway. Oh, yeah. But this movie has, the, the politics of it has not. Ryan, you said even at one point, there's a line about the, uh, the, the, the meat gate. Oh, where they use the word faggot, which I'd yeah. like, it's... It's the difficulty of working in, you work in a restaurant, especially back of house, because you don't fit into a societal bracket easily. But... And you work in front of house because you do that while being charming. But it's, they do I, really that, well that's, the whole That's a word as a teenager thing. that, like, I will admit that I use pretty regularly. Not Didn't to describe all... Not to describe someone's sexuality, but now that I'm... Your 20... cigarettes in Britain. Yeah, yeah. Not now that I'm 28. Like I have numerous like queer friends. Sure. And there's a, a young lady that I work with who like. Is it me? Uh, yes, it's you. I knew it. We talked about it recently, and she was like, "You can say that word around me. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me." And I was like, "I would never like that. I'm not comfortable saying the word." Yeah. And then she. Don't tell me put a blanket on it. <laughs> and then uh, as she was leaving work uh, the one day. <clears throat> she said, bye, faggot. And I was like, oh, I fucking love you. I think I know who you're talking but, about. Cool cat. But, like, I, I don't feel comfortable using that word in private or mm. in public. It just makes me feel icky. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I've, I've become friends with too many, like, gay cool queer people where I'm just like, I don't, like, that word does not, that word pigeonholes too many people. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me feel uncomfortable. And seeing it in this movie where it's, like, a bunch of guys calling each other that, even now, like, my guy friends, like, I won't even use that word. Like, I don't know. It's well, just... Ryan, you're, you're a woke man with a wife who's a fucking psychologist. Psychologist? Woke. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll bait someone into an argument with the word just to, Ryan, like, see you where they're well. at. Like, you're woke, see, dog. I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it if, if it's a movie for limited consumption that is not obsessed with, um, with... You, you liking Making it, it or target, being yeah. popular. It just seems okay. like very frat right. boyish the way that they're using the word. It, it yeah. is, but unfortunately, this this movie, all the characters, the the, the writer, uh, I keep using, I forget his, I didn't catch his name. Rob McKittrick. Thank McKittrick. Thank you. I hope he's doing great things. Yeah. But he, he wants still waiting. He wants all the characters. He wants all those <clears throat> characters behind in the back of the house to still come across okay. The and they do. Nothing there, bad but happens. They're also to him. still solid dudes. And it, the sin is um, somewhat generic genericness, like five second rule in two thousand five. I think that was even kind of a hoary trope. Like, don't don't try to bring across like you thought of that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that I, I was th- like I remember saying that when I was like seven. Right. See, I think that's a solid thing that he manages to do. That maybe because I've never worked the line proper. That I've met plenty of cooks on the line who have been needlessly abusive and immature. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, these, yeah. these dudes will Look, never... Dick never... jokes still are the, the yeah. order of the day. The working the, working a line, one of the best things I ever heard from someone on the line was, all line cooks are raging homosexuals. The solid... And it's it's true, like, the, yeah. the level of, like, faux homosexuality, yeah. grabbing each other's dicks and, mm-hmm. like, talking about sucking each other off, like, that... Happens yeah. Yeah. really regularly. That's kind a, of a wild a, thing. That's the line. great, the greatest insult you can sling in a kitchen is to say mm-hmm. that a man 
likes another man. It yeah. really is. It's, but you, it's but, the nuclear but option. I think it's it's the double down on it. It's like like I had friends who were only a few years older than me who were like, it's interesting to me. You have this dynamic now where the gayer you act, the more straight you are. Mm-hmm. And if oh, you act, if, like, the more homophobic you act, the more likely you are to be branded as gay, which even that even that weird faux acceptance kind of thing is still pretty anti-gay. It's just a weird inverted version. It's, a, it's an upside down pineapple cake version of being homophobic. It's still weird. It's still being. A, it's still a bad thing to be gay, but you're pretending to be it so as not be accused of it. I don't think it's a, in the in the kitchen. Like if somebody came out as gay, it wouldn't be like no, a bad I thing. I think everyone would just be, be super one, chill about it. Yeah, everyone would be super chill. It'd just be one more layer to make fun of you. Exactly. Like it, you and I talked about, like in a kitchen, like you wouldn't be good because everyone just fucking picks on each other. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm useless in that thing. Like, like if everyone's just ragging on each other, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, well your dad has cancer, and yeah. then it's like. Why'd you say that? It's hurtful. Like, I'm like, if, stop making fun of me. If you're in a kitchen and you're gay, it'd just be like, yeah, you like dick. And then, like, like if, yeah. you're, if you're a strong enough personality, you'd be like, yeah, I like dick. You like fucking vaginas. They're disgusting. You ever look at one? And mm-hmm. they'd just be devolve into a fucking fight about what's better, dicks or vaginas. It's the game. And it was it's a fun. useless conversation, yeah. but... But I feel that that's what captures well in this, is that the immaturity... Like, like the rampant immaturity that also passes for playfulness, I think that's a difficult thing to actually land. And I think this movie does a pretty good job of it that even when I was faulting it for being a derivative structure, and there's such a thing as a derivative structure, it also manages to have enough of clearly the dude's worked in a Bennigan's or he's worked in a restaurant life. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's talking about and you see these moments. We haven't gotten into um, Naomi, clearly my favorite character in the movie. Like the the high strong. Well, I was going to say, if most guys think they're Dean, most women who work in, in the industry think that they're Amy, even when they're Naomi. Yeah. I think probably there are a fair number of Naomi's out there who think, well, I'm that, yeah. I'm that I'm sweet ingenue. Yeah. I love, I love Naomi. That's, that's like the person, like, it's, it's kind of like that, that perverse thing where I'm like, if I had to work with her, I'd probably hate her. Yeah. But in media, I'm no, like... No, if you had to work with her, you'd probably, you would be like the dean to her. I'd be like, she's crazy, but... I yeah, I'd probably be BFF of her. That's like even in my new restaurant job, like I'm I'm biffles of all the like everyone wants to be like that girl's the worst. Many, I'm like, oh she's my bro now. How many of that type of woman have you worked with? Steve? A good number. Um I probably half a dozen, but there's one still mm-hmm. who has been the plague in the my lifer. The thorn in my saddle. She won't be listening to this. So I don't don't worry about it, but um, <laughs> but she is the er example. Mm. You are hyphen example, um, and she will be, I think, until she you know health eventually drums her out of the business. I mean, wherever I, she is right now. Bless your heart. Cheers. A drink yeah. to you, Naomi. Uh, I think this is this movie is a great example for. I really genuinely love the life, and I I, see, I, I think that's kind of what this movie is lacking. That maybe it's not the right movie ever. This movie still has the clerks kind of thing without being clerks. It is like, ultimately, you should get out of this life because it'll kill you. Be more like Dean. But I think this movie... It doesn't celebrate the, the, the highs. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I love working in restaurants. And, you know, like I, I stopped working in restaurants for about six months. And holy shit, did I hate it. And I really, like... 
I have a pretty shit gig right now where I am the daytime bartender where I get paid $2 an hour, but at the same time, I get to play of cocktail ingredients, so hey, hey. I think, mm. like, working in restaurants, at least from my angle, is, like, it's been my bread and butter for quite some time, mm-hmm. but now I'm treating it as an as something that pays my bills, yeah. and I don't have to work five days a week doing it, mm-hmm. and the other days that I don't work at a restaurant, I can go have fun and do other things that I also really enjoy it. I really like working in restaurants. Yeah. But my other endeavors that I, I enjoy older. doing, like I can do that because mm-hmm. I I can support myself financially by working a couple shifts a week and then going having fun, doing other things where I also make money, but not as much money. Yeah. Dude, like at thirty I'm turning thirty one soon. I'm just, I, I'm looking at taking sommelier course sommelier courses. Oh me so too. I can be like, oh let's do it together. Because yeah. I'm like, now I'm looking at Bev director courses, and I'm kind of like becoming like, hey, maybe I can still do this. I heard Psalm 1's not too difficult, so. No, I heard it's pretty, pretty mellow. You can actually get into it. Yeah. So. Right on. You want to be a Psalm, Steve? A, I'm really more of a sub oh, okay. le- huh. than a Psalm. Than a dog. Yeah. yeah, more of a Psalm than a palm. I'm all about it. But um, let's get to this. It's, we've been running long, yeah. long. Oh, okay. Final um, thoughts? Your final thoughts on waiting. Oh. Steve Boss, our very treasured guest, before we go into our mini games. What are your final thoughts on waiting 2005? Rob McKetrick. Thank you. I'll try to keep these brief. Yeah, dude. Sort no, of a... please. Take your time. Well, this is just sort of a... You're our honored fucking guest, Steve okay. Boss. Okay. Awesome. This is the number 15 ranked art show right now. Well, get ready to get to at least number 12. Hey. Yes. Tonight. Hey. Running down my list of uh, bullet points that I mentioned here, uh, I, it's, it's not lost to me that Chai McBride is kind of the magical Negro. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. Um, he's so good at I wish there were more of that personality type in our industry. Yeah. As a, no, he's not, the, not magical he's Negro. He's the silent but... Bob in the movie, which is kind of a yeah. bummer. Like, you have your, your div double J's and a silent Bob. Yeah. yeah. As a trivia host, I like to look into the origins of things, and now I have a hunch... This may be the first time fuckboy is used in celluloid, on celluloid. I, I have to see if there's and any Ryan examples Reynolds prior to that. did it? No, it was one of the gals in, in a is film. Anna Faris called him a like, like, Yeah, probably Anna Faris. I feel oh, I like thought, it was Ryan Reynolds who said it. I thought it was one of the, like Nick and Tito who said it. I'll trace it backwards, trace but it, it okay. may be in the same way that, you know, like Cary Grant used gay for the first time to mean... Homosexual in uh, Arsenic like Nolis? Yeah, is it gonna be like fuck boy or is it fuck boy? It was it was used fuck boy like a, like a like a compound word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I meant to like it was calling someone a fuck and a boy, not a boy and fucks. Okay. Other things, the flashback that comes out of nowhere and doesn't go anywhere, not which is great unprompted. Editing in this movie. It's Ryan Reynolds having dinner with. Uh, with Wendy Malick. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's, hot in Cleveland. It, it's not. Uh, it's not prompted from a scene not with surrounded. Ryan Reynolds. It comes in the middle of a, another exchange between other characters. So it's really obviously. No, I, th- I think it does. It starts from a conversation between Justin Long that? and him. I'm pretty sure it leads into like Justin Long says something like, "Yeah, I was like that dinner of your. It was a Family Guy segue. I thought it interrupted like, dinner of your mom. Oh. And then it cuts. Then cuts awkwardly, to... it cuts right back to a different scene. Dana which Coulter is poor editing. Yeah. It cuts back to Louis, uh, Louis, Guzman, Louis Guzman and uh, John Francis Daly talking okay. about dicks and such. It's still poor editing. It is. Uh, probably there were more scenes like that written that didn't make the cut. Yeah. So if you're going to cut them, cut them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, 
I would wonder if does this movie pass the Bechdel test? No. I don't think unless you count a waitress interacting with some customers at a table, and that's it's not really no, plot I think, wise. No, oh, I think oh, no, no, the, it does because the the uh, Amy waitress talking with the bitchy female customer. They do have a conversation, and they do not talk about a man. That's true. But right. that's still it's, making it's, one out to I be know. a I, I'm not. I'm not doing this like for yeah, men. No. I spoke a Bechdel test, but like, and a, yeah. even Bechdel herself said that like the test is broken. It's flawed. But if you want to argue it, then yes, this movie well, does. I'm so based pleased on that. that you want to talk about Alison Bechdel. She, I, I, you should read Fun Home. It's a wonderful text. But um, there is the scene I'm where woke, dude. Yeah, I know you are, babe. That Emmanuel Shrieky is hitting on that woman. I think one one of the scenes they're not uh, talking about a dude; they're talking about each other. It is very very brief, but I'll give you that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh. They're out tonight. The werewolves of Bethlehem. <laughs> oh. The children of the night. <laughs> Such music they make. <sighs> Gary old man. Any other notes there, Superbox? Oh, that really. Um... That covers everything that that I wanted to talk about. I don't want to dump on this movie too much because it's fun and I like yeah. people. Did, did, fun you, like did you ultimately it. like it? Would um, you watch it again? I would not watch it again. No. No, I got everything out of it that I need to. We have tests to do anyway. Yeah. Fair enough. Ryan, uh, this, is, uh, this was this was your pick basically. Yeah, I, I've seen this numerous times. It's not a movie that I actively seek out to watch mm-hmm. ever i don't own it it's not on the famous wall um but if it's on and i have nothing better to do like i'll i'll probably like inactively watch it like i will have it on as background noise and like read a comic or a book and then like, you know as i close it to go like smoke a cigarette at the you know 45 minute point of reading the book and be like oh i remember this yeah, it's pretty good i'll watch this for three minutes and then go outside mm-hmm. it did it's it doesn't hurt anybody. That's kind of where I view it. Like it's 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 harmless. Mm-hmm. It does capture the industry to a certain extent. There's some things it misses out on, but it nails other things. Mm-hmm. As a movie overall, like it does not deserve a place on my wall. It does not earn me buying it. But if it's on TV and I got nothing better to do, I'll mm-hmm. watch it. It's well cast. Yeah. Yeah. David Koechner. It's harmless. Perfectly. I like everyone cast. in it. I like Luis Guzman. Um, yeah. For me, am I, I I liked it maybe more than I thought I would, but maybe because I'm giving it allowances. I'm kind of like, do I want to like this movie? Yes. Do I want to hate this movie? No. No. I thought it was perfectly fun. There's a lot of genuine moments that I remember being in that are very charming, but ultimately I, f- I feel like like the the forced nature of scenes having to happen were kind of irritating. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't the most graceful movie, but the points of truth were pretty good. So I dig that. Fair enough. If I could compare it to Super Troopers, which is another never cult, seen it cult success that I finally got around to this year, did not at all live up to everything that I had heard. Did uh, this Super Troopers didn't? No, did this no. though? This. Came closer to that. Came yeah. closer to that bar. I heard um, you chuckle like once or twice. I did. I did. I was, the recognition factor was yeah. there. But as as a series of a um, uh, bunch of brainstormed vignettes that clearly that's how the movie began. And then... Mm-hmm. Some guy was like, I should make a movie about my restaurant. Sure. I'm going to buy a book about how to do it. Cool. Hey, hey guys. It. here. 
just want to pass around the room. What are some not to be missed things that I have to include if I write a movie set in a yeah. restaurant? Oh, you got to do this, this, and this. Super Troopers in the same way seems like, oh, what a bunch of um, state trooper vignettes, though they're not well framed and sometimes they're kind of random, clunkily added, stitched together. This is this is better than that. It's a cut above Super Troopers. Sorry, anyone that that bothers. I do. Ryan, will you now please, with all urgency and all Hippocratic joy, administer the test? Yes, please. Uh, the first test is uh, we call this the bar test. So okay. you walk, uh, you're walking into a bar, yeah. and you see this movie on the TV. How uh-huh. do you feel about it? How do you react? It's a beautiful bar, one of your favorite ones. Okay. Outdoor seating, but you have to sit on the indoor. There's an open window outside. It's a beautiful fall day. You have nothing to do today, at least for a couple hours. You sit at the bar, you order a drink, or you get the touch of the bartender. Waiting starts playing on the television. What do you do? I'm fine with it as long as I don't have to hear a bunch of conversations around me about how everyone likes it and relates to it. And That's God, a so very good. fair point. And, that is a fair and, point. And nobody asks, please turn it up with the cap- <laughs> captioning on. If all those can be met, fine with it. Okay. I think. I would say that I would like, parrot what I said earlier. That I would take it as an inactive watch. I'm fine with it on the TV. I. Again, I don't need it any louder. I don't need the captions on. I don't need anyone around talking to me on it. I'm probably going to uh, play around on my phone, read CNN politics, a.k.a. fake news. Fake news! And, and look up every now and again, take a peek, watch a scene, and then go back to reading on my phone. Oh, and boys, what are you drinking with it? Uh, at this point, with, with this movie... Whatever you're already going Log, to drink. Lager draft. <laughs> in honor of the movie, um, it would have to be a frozen drink in some sort of globe that is the size of um, a fucking... Watermelon. Know, one of those electrical things at the Franklin Institute that you sure. touch in your hair. Electrical oh, globes. Yeah. Hair gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gabriel. For me, um, I'd sit there and I'd be like, oh, hey, waiting. I'd probably want to use it as an opportunity to talk to my bartender. Like, you know, I, I think this is a fun, this is an actively fun industry movie. It's a movie that ties together people who do what we do and they really like it. And it'd be a great chance to ask a stranger, like, so when did you get into this? What do you like? And it'd be my thing to be like, gauge what do they drink? What do yeah. they know? Quietly That's judge them. That's a great answer. I wish I'd thought of that. Yeah, I'm all about it, Steve Boss. Hey, barkeep, have you seen this movie? Mm-hmm. What do you think? And if, if the barkeep is all about it, I'd want to know why. And if it's for a dumb reason, I'm going to be like, cool, high life in a shot, please. And if it turns out to be someone more like our <laughs> ilk, there's someone like, yeah, I think it's kind of hollow. But it's fun. I do like it, but it doesn't cover yeah. everything. I'd be like, rad, make me whatever you want to make me. And, you know, I, I, would, I would treat that bartender better. Okay. And test number two, Ryan, please get uh, the big fucking syringe and make it happen. Katie could test. Katie so could test. It, 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 essentially, would you, is this a uh, movie you would recommend to a young cinephile, someone... 18, 19, just getting into movies, and if not, what would you recommend in place of it? If you would recommend it, what would you recommend to go with it? Oh and my if you God. don't recommend it, what do you recommend instead? Oh my God, Jesus. Uh, no, I wouldn't. So, Steve Boss, imagine I am a busboy at yeah. your restaurant, and okay. I'm like, hey there, Steve Boss. I like movies. I want to go to film school. Have you seen Waiting? Should I watch Waiting? 
No, there's no need. Okay. Spend those spend that hour and a half watching anything else because this movie um, could have been done as well as a graphic novel, let's say, mm. or a TV movie. I could see this as a fucking like weekly comic strip. Like a daily yeah. like a newspaper Calvin comic strip. Precisely. Yeah, it's called Waiting Ellipsis. Yeah. It could have even been like a one season sitcom with promise that got axed by the I can't believe it wasn't CW and People said, like, oh, they never should have canceled that, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about it that's so technically awesome that it could be studied, and this busboy wouldn't then go on to become a great film student as a result. So, uh, I would say skip it. You can probably... It's weird what you could recommend instead of it, because if I say, go watch episodes of fucking Anthony Bourdain, then you're going to get some pretentious little dick out of it. If you say, go watch Chef, then you're going to get someone who gets the wrong idea about <laughs> working in kitchens out of it. So it's really up to you to search out your own. If you work in the industry and you watch this movie, then um, you like it, more power to you. But if you work in the industry and you don't like this movie, I think it's on you to find what you personally identify with. Fair. So may, may I ask what what is this test called again? Katie Catest, named after our dear friend Katie Kamet. That's what I thought. Katie Catest. That's right. I appeared in one of her films. Exactly, dear dear Katie Kamet's burgeoning filmmaker, right. who was learning that very valuable lesson that listen to your ad. Mm-hmm. Katie. Yeah. All the best, Katie. Yeah, all the best, Katie. All she's the best. doing. She's she's trucking along. Bless also, her heart. Also, where's my fucking copy of Watchmen? Oh, shit. Yeah, she's in Villanova now. I'll get it for you. She's starting a new podcast with Top Gal Radio, so we're we're, we're in constant connection. I'm not angry. Also, I see see her mom at Wegmans all the time, and I'm like, hey, Lori. So it's pretty great. Katie, if you have it, I'm not mad. Just read it. That's all I care. Uh, Katie Contest. Yeah, Contest. Um, quick break, fun <laughs> games, and um, I, did, I, I didn't get my job. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. God damn Jesus. it, sunshine. Fucking hurry up, dude. Um, so, for personally, I would... Depending on the kid, like I'd be like, have you seen Clerks yet? And if you Good haven't option. seen Clerks yet, then why are you watching this? See Clerks, and then if you particularly, if you're like a teenager of a boner for Ryan Reynolds, early Ryan Reynolds, why not? But you're better off, like, if like, Clerks is the great jumping off point i think like there's must be countless dudes exactly our ages who are like i'm gonna be a filmmaker because of clerks i'm fucking one of them and if you like if you tell me that one of your favorite movies of all time is awaiting like i you, have some questions i have some questions like did you stop there did you if you're like Dude, something about waiting ties into the iconography of Slacker by Linklater. Then I'm like, okay, let's talk. But I think this is a perfectly fine movie. Watch Clerks. Watch Clerks 2. Watch Mallrats if you want to learn how to do a bad Clerks. Don't watch waiting. Fuck you, Mallrats is awesome. No, Mallrats is, Mallrats is great because it's a bad Clerks. Oh, okay, yeah, I yeah. Get what you're saying. And then if you really want to watch another industry thing, find something quiet or profound like Chop Shop. Chop Shop is an outrageously beautiful movie about fucking teenagers living in the shadow of Shea Stadium trying to break down cars and live. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Any We're running long. We still have two games to play. So I blame myself. I blame you, Steve Bob. Yeah, sorry. Anyways, um we'll be back. Daniel, start adding whatever. 
Hey everybody, my name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant Radio show. Do you like movies? Good! I like movies too, but the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh oh. Um, the Sith. Because, yep, uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon, <laughs> Blackwater. Oh my god, this this book is so painful. Yeah. I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know I know what that's like, and truly... Our... You were in a car that landed in Blackwater? Yeah, I dude, I know, I fucking killed a woman you like fought? this. Uh... <laughs> you fought? Oh, okay, never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay, because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping her just going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit God Girl possess? <laughs> then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police... <laughs> I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no. Not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk-chugging right-wingers, though. <laughs> milk-chugging? And books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence the hot-ass Top Gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck, to the throat area, and then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out. Slow Readers comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio. Hello everyone, we're back with Still Sex and Violence. I'm still here, I'm Gabriel Morrow with my guests. Uh, still Stephen Bost. Hi Stephen Bost. And my co-host. Ryan Slater. Hi Ryan. Hi Gabe. Guys, it is time for apparently the massive breakout new feature of the show. The game that America can't stop talking about. It is called Ryan Snyder's Hero. Hero. Not a hero. I just learned about this. I'm in love with the future. Isn't it pretty great? Yeah. So, once upon a time, we discussed the movie Mask about Rocky Dennis, Eric Stoltz, and Ryan pointed out to me with a lot of anger, like a lot of anger, that the cover calls Rocky Dennis a hero. And Ryan, why is Rocky Dennis not a hero? Fucked up face Rocky Dennis who teaches blind children how to live life? He's a nice guy, he's not a hero. He cares, he gives. I care too, I, dude, I taught, and he I taught mentally challenged kids how to swim. I'm not a hero. Ryan, I feel nice like that guy. makes you a hero, I'm just I saying. Say, no, not Ryan, a, not I, I appreciate your, your desire to not, not be a hero, this, but I really feel like that makes you, anyway. It's the Timmy O'Toole test, right? Like, Timmy O'Toole fell down a well. Oh, that makes him a hero. Timmy. Yeah, yeah. You know that's exactly. bullshit. Timmy is not a fucking hero. That's that's ridiculous. He falls that's out how fucking I feel well. About... No, Rocky Dennis well, is more a than you hero. Did. How was he a fucking it? hero? He said he's he right, overcame. He's got a up grill? No. Yeah, he, he could have been a <laughs> shitty. Anyway, so the game is myself, Gabriel Mara, and a guest will present Ryan with three characters in the history of fiction. 
or nonfiction now and again, and we ask Ryan, are they a hero or not a hero? And Ryan will give us his weird, somehow labyrinthine now, rules of why someone is not a hero. To recap from last week, hero is the character from... Uh, oh, Viggo Mortensen, Viggo Mortensen of Eastern Promises. Um, hero. Russian mob enforcer, killer, hero. <laughs> and who was it a hero, Ryan? Connor... Uh, Connor Lawler and or Sebastian of, uh, of La La fucking Land. La La Land. <laughs> Musical heroes, men who face their, who pursue, who can crush their fear and pursue their dreams and make people better around them. Not heroes. Still, my crowning achievement was uh, crowning um, Charlie Bronson most dangerous and notorious most criminal. violent <laughs> criminal in all of Britain. A hero and Neil Armstrong, not a hero. Ah, yeah. You're not a hero. Okay. That's how it was explained That's to me. Okie dokie. So. So now Steve Boss and I will present Ryan with characters. This Heroes, is such an interesting heroes. feature. I know. It's I feel like it's throwing rocks into a lake. Will they bounce or won't they? We're because we as Americans have we dance back and forth across the, the definition of this, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. sports. Sports figures are constantly called heroes. I got into a, a fairly heated argument about this like three years ago based on the, the, the sports figure thing. Yeah. It's meaningless. They're doing the job they were paid to do. True. Lives don't depend on it. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody called um, Caitlyn Jenner a hero, and I vehemently disagreed. <laughs> because, I, I, sure, you're a symbol. Like I'm probably going to get lit up for this, but... You're a symbol for the trans community. Cool. You're a symbol, but that does not make you a hero. There's some, See, I, I, some I, I, bravery there. If somebody there. said Caitlyn Jenner ran into a burning building and saved a box full of like, like fetuses, like no, and there was definitely and cool, I forget hero. who it was. It was someone like like I know there's an actress who I liked who apparently died because she ran into a burning building, and I'm like, oh my god, random blonde hottie in the '80s, total hero. Yeah. Anyway, Steve Boss, please. Present your first of three characters. Thank you, I will. Uh, Jason Bourne. Hero. Oh, please explain who Jason Bourne is, and then Ryan. Explain? Jason Bourne is the protagonist of, I think it's three action-packed movies. Four now. Well, wasn't he, didn't he disappear for one? Or was it, he came back. He came back. That's right, he did the Um, thing where the... Served his Identity, country. Um, served his country at the detriment of his own mental and physical detriment. I, he doesn't remember it though. That doesn't matter. I know, but no, you shouldn't. You have nope. some kind nope. of concept. Hero. Well, Hero. here's here's why why this one was made my list is because uh, he's always just fighting for his own survival and to get away from the exactly. next thing. I'm asking, does he save anyone or is it just saving himself? Right, he was a former military, but he now spends all of his time fighting the military to escape to be his own person. That's fine. He can do that. He's earned it. Hero. Still hero. Okay. But why? All right. I, he chose to serve his country at his at the detriment of his physical and mental well-being. Hero. Oh, Done. That's not logical. Okay. <laughs> so okay, so my turn now. Mm-hmm. Ryan, a. Fan favorite, an ultimate favorite, and a current favorite. We have Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in the seminal 1987 Predator, Dutch. Dutch is former military. 
He is now a mercenary. You watch the man go into a village and kill a bunch of Latin American gorillas and fight the predator, even though maybe not necessarily he's doing it only for money. Dutch of predator. Hero, not a hero. Hero. Because. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he may have killed. <laughs> no, Sorry. Ryan! He may have killed a lot of people, but he is avenging the deaths of his squad by an Against... unknown assailant. Okay. And he also saves a young woman. Okay, in the context of Predator, I suppose. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, no, he's a <laughs> war criminal. Okay, Steve Boss, your next, your next one. From Mortal Kombat, both the games and at least one movie that I've seen, Sonya Blade. Oh. I don't know enough about Sonya Blade to be able to make a judgment call on her. You haven't seen the Mortal Kombat movie? No. Do you, why not? I, I, I have, love I Mortal Kombat. I, I genuinely I love it. I did that too, movie. but I was 16. No, I don't know if I, I went that, back. That movie's a honking pile of shit, but I genuinely love that movie. It's yeah. the most functional video game adaptation of all time. I know her as like a character in the. In the like she's a chick that you can pick to fight, right? Like I don't know enough about her to be able to make a judgment call. That might call, have to so be I'm, a pass, Steve Boss. Do you I'm, have a substitution? Uh, yes, I do. Then okay, um, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> hero. Yeah, unequivocally a hero. Bumbling. I think. There could be a serious case made that, much like Indiana Jones, that Inspector Gadget has never effectively done anything. That he just bumbled through situations where. His niece and the dog actually did all of this. Well, yeah, Penny does all the work. That's yeah. totally true. Well, Penny, Inspector like, Gadget, but man, Inspector just Gadget, crushing. he has the best intentions. Yeah, and he well, actually, he's still, you know what? He's like Inspector Clouseau. Not a hero. Oh. That's why I brought it up. If, we're, if you're going to keep this feature li yeah. literal. Yeah, you know what? Fuck him. Not a hero. How about Inspector Clouseau? He's a hero in a way. He's a bumbling hero. Anyway. Yeah, you know, the more I think about it, he consistently puts his own niece in danger and That's bumbles a, through it, and very she, has to, she has to get herself out of it. Fuck Inspector Gadget. Well, to be she fair, to be fair she always has to find a way to trick him into taking her to, to his on the but mission. She is no, a child. that makes him she not, not a hero. Be Penny's make, a hero. That's what I'm saying. She's a child. Gadget. She should not be having to make these fucking decisions yeah. at an adult level. Right. That's the thing. He's, he's not asking her to do it. She does it without him knowing. Solid point. Yeah. Solid Inspector Gadget, point. not a hero. Okay. okay. Glad I... Glad I Changed my mind with that one line about Penny. Yeah. So, let's go on to mine. My number two. It kind of ties back to our athleticism question. Ryan, hero of the movie Creed, son of Apollo Creed, played by Michael B. Jordan, Adonis Creed, a young man who decides to rise out of the foster care system to become a contender under the tutelage of Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. Is Adonis Creed a hero? Great question. Adonis Creed, who rose out of the adoption system. Yeah, and he was it, in a foster, it, yeah. You know what? Good for him. Not a hero. Ryan? <laughs> 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 you're right, but it makes me kind of like icky. I'm like, he's a hero. He goes to distance. What does he do that's heroic? He helps Rocky survive his cancer. How, no, he so nurses he him through his cancer. 
Yeah, so can he every other... He takes care of him? So he does... wipes Rocky Balboa's ass. Yeah, so does every fucking nurse that lives there. Are the, the only nurses reason heroes, Ryan? No. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> no, you hear, this feature may have just jumped the shark. No, I'm totally fine with that. If you want to be called a hero, your heroic action is signing up for the job. Everything you That's do after that is part point. of the job. But Adonis Creed, who your heroic action is signing on the dotted line. Adonis Creed okay. is he a hero? He's a good friend. He's a nice guy. Okay. He's not a hero. That pains me, but fair. <laughs> Steve Boss, your last selection. My last, not a hero. last selection. True life. In the 1830s, uh, mountain man Hugh Glass and I believe two companions were oh. fur trapping out in the west. He was attacked by a grizzly bear, rendered comatose, uh, left for dead by his two companions. He woke up, stitched himself back together, and literally crawled some 300 miles back to civilization, portrayed in the movie The Revenant by Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a real-life case. Hugh Glass, hero, not a hero. Survivalist, outdoorsman. Does it for revenge? Strong will. Does this for revenge? Not a hero, though. All right. Can I add one detail? He punishes evil, though. Add a, add a detail if you must. You can change my mind. You change it on Inspector Gadget. The detail is that Hugh Glass, while he swore revenge, actually opted not to kill either of the two men who he eventually he went back on his. His oh, in vow real life? of revenge in real in real life. That's nice. Yeah. Does that change anything? Yeah. So let's wrap up our game of hero not a hero and then call it a night. Ryan, my last selection for you is character, real life character, portrayed in a film by Mr. Tim Burton. It is true life director Ed Wood. For the movie Ed Wood, who decides to portray freaks and people who have no place otherwise in the world. He gives them roles in movies. He revamps the career of Bela Lugosi, and he is a pioneer for people of liquid sexuality all over the world. Ed Wood, in Tim Burton's Ed Wood, hero, not a hero. More hero. But that can't be it, though. Uh, uh, if you want to ignore the the military service part? Damn it, I is forgot he about hero? that. Um, he is a hero. Shit! He, he, <laughs> dude, he fought, uh, I think he fought in the Pacific Theater. I think he did. So Fuck. he fought for our freedom. Alright, fair enough. Sorry, I can get a little jingoistic. Is there anything that a war hero can do later? See, I'm trying to find war heroes who failed him. Right, like what if, what if you do an unspeakable deed later on? Like if you are, like if, so if you're like, a, 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 the reason I, I pick this is because I have uh, several family members who are Marines, so I come from <laughs> a military family, so I, I, and this goes back to my heroic action, is signing on the dotted line makes you a hero, everything after that is, you know, part of the job. Right. So you're a hero. Sure. And if there was, if there was an issue where you brought to me a character and they were like, oh, by the way, he joined the military and then he decided to... And fuck five-year-old boys in the mouth and cut off their noses and wear around his neck, I'd be like, not a hero. Okay. All right. Like, we'll know that for next time. So if, if you were to I choose... Like, at least one in mind off the top of my head for next time. Is it Brando? Time have... Yeah, is it Brando? No, Ed Harris from The Rock. Uh, hero. Mm. 
I'd have to think about that. Okay. Well, I think, I I think that man's a hero. Game. It's unfortunate that he's considered not a hero. Anyway, that's been the game. We apologize for any audio difficulty at this point because batteries die and phantom power is a bitch. So, let's do some plugging. Steve Boss, please plug for us. Oh, thank you. Uh, if you're in the Bethlehem area, I host three different trivias a week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's Hardball Cider on Tuesday. Bethlehem Brewworks on Wednesday. It's called Steel Trap Trivia. And on Thursdays at the Steel Stacks Smarts Quest. I dig it. Steve Bust, are you also performing at Improvised Stand-Up this coming weekend? Uh, no, actually I'm not. But that's a great show. And Word. you should go anyway. Word. Um, actually, I will be... That I am performing at Improvised Stand-Up. It's going to be very, very sweaty for me. I have not performed stand-up in about eight years. So it's going to be... A bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath. Come see it. It's going to be nerve-wracking. Come see me then. Besides that, please check out the other Top Gallant radio show. It is Slow Readers, your weekly punk rock... No, that's our show. Yeah. Your weekly some fast-paced literature podcast where Daniel Gonzalez and I discuss literature and literally nothing else. Um, follow that show on Slow Readers on Instagram. Follow this show at Sex and Violence Pod. Please give us a review, your stars, everything, whatever you need. Please, we love you. Ryan. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tango Like Cash. Uh, also follow my food truck, Brogies Food Truck, B R O G I E S Food Truck. Uh, you can also catch me at the bookstore, Speakeasy, uh, sometimes on the weekends. Uh, that's three three six Adam Street, Southside Bethlehem. Delicious. Uh, come on in. I'll make you a drink, and we'll hang out and we'll talk about drinks. Violent and sexy movies and progies. Uh, as for that, that's the show. Cool. Guys, see you next week. We'll be continuing the 86 list with whatever the hell we're doing next. Steve Boss, thank you for being back on the show. Thank always, you, sir. always a pleasure. All right. Great fun. Bye. This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Reichel and Gabriel Mara. For more podcasts and content, go to topcountradio.com. 